The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, following a dominant performance over the weekend, Ireland have booked themselves a quarterfinal place against uh, New Zealand, but some injury worries have uh, uh, raised their heads. I'm joined now by uh, Irish rugby legend Keith Wood, uh, who's going to help us analyse the game. Uh, good morning, Keith. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Uh, I'm very well. I heard you analyse the game in some detail uh, on Off the Ball uh, yesterday uh, and already we're looking forward. But just uh, your, your final thoughts on the game. What did we learn from Scotland? Um, I think we learned that we can be uh, an incredibly oppressive team to play against. I thought Scotland had a period of time where um, where they had the ball for 18 or 19 phases and yet we didn't look under huge pressure with it. We seemed to have a high level of patience. And I think in times past, we might have given away a silly penalty. Or there might have been an element of panic. Uh, this team looks like it has composure. So um, there were mistakes were made during the game and it didn't seem to face the team at all. So I, I just, I like where the mind is at, or the, the mind of the team is at. Yeah. Well, after that early try by uh, James Lowe, we saw the pressure from Scotland. And it has to be said, during those 18 or 19 phases, Scotland looked the real deal. Well, it, they played at huge pace. They played with the certainty that if they did this and did this really well, they'd get a score out of the end of it. And it was as if the, the, um, their balloon, their bubble was burst by that fact that no matter how well they played during those 18 phases, that it wasn't quite good enough. And I do think they made, um, in my view, fundamental errors in not kicking for, for, for points because they had the opportunity to go ahead. And that might have just kind of built on their confidence. And instead, once that penalty was given away after those 18 phases, you could just see the confidence draining away from Scotland. Yeah, because putting points on the board, I mean, at that point, what, we were five points up, uh, not seven. Uh, you know, it does make a difference looking at that scoreboard. Well, it does. It's, it's, there's a psychology that's at play all the time. And um, people often talk about momentum. And that's what it is. It's one team having a little bit more confidence than the other, taking advantage of something, taking an opportunity. Ireland took all the opportunities. Scotland didn't. Now, what did you make of uh, what they call in GAA circles uh, the schmozzle in the second half? I, I thought it was I thought it was daft from from everybody. I thought it was a, um, a stupid kick out, an overreaction from Johnny, and then everybody standing up for their pal. That's what it was. So um, my only issue with that is I, I do think you need to stand up for your guys, but I'd have hated if something went a little bit too far and somebody got a yellow card or a red card or you're out for something else. So we need to steer clear of that as much as we can. Now, you made the point today, yesterday when I was listening to your uh, dissection on Off the Ball about the lads, all of them, uh, all 30 on the field, uh, absolutely whacked by 60 minutes. They were. They were tired. They looked tired. And uh, I know I've just scanned a couple of the headlines this morning and they're talking about you know how much injury and fatigue um, will 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 affect the teams coming up this weekend. That's the nature of a World Cup, and it's the nature of these knockout matches that not, you don't always have your full team or perfect team on the field. And it's how you deal with all the different elements of that. So they'll tailor their training this week to keep them as fresh as they can possibly be for Saturday and still fully focused. Um, but you would worry a little bit about injuries, and some of the players have put in huge shifts um, so they're looking at this and saying, well, they're going to have to do that over the next period of time. So they've, the wish is that we have another 
three weeks of this and that's the that's the key yeah. component um but uh, it's the last 15 and 20 minutes of the game you'll now look at these matches and say you can't take anything for granted that if even if you get a good lead up other teams if they're a little bit fresher could come back to you at the end because that game was fast on Saturday it really was and of course New Zealand will be a day fresher uh, than us because they have a day longer to to recover uh, the New Zealand match is fascinating because of the I suppose Joe Schmidt on top of everything else um, I mean how should we be approaching this well, we'll all approach it differently from the team, Pat, that's for certain, because mm-hmm. we're allowed to kind of delve into conspiracies and um, uh, what additional knowledge they have. It's been a while since Joe's been around. It's a very good backstory. Um, it's a great backstory with the fact that New Zealand beat us four years ago. Um, it's a great backstory for the fact that Ireland beat New Zealand um, to, to um, win a series down in New Zealand last year. I think we're better placed to deal with all that sort of stuff and just concentrate on the the match itself and I think Ireland will be concentrating not on uh, the only bit of history they'll be linking to is the fact that they know they can beat New Zealand yeah and in in World Cups prior now not the last one but all the ones previously when you go to play New Zealand and you hadn't done it it is always one of those things that's hanging over you now uh, we had joy pretty unconfined after Ireland won but I have to tell you, Portugal, I have never seen more joyous scenes than I saw last night at the end of the game. Uh, Portugal, I mean, they were in tears. Well, that's the thing for me. When you're, when you're looking at grown, grizzled, hardened men bawling their eyes out for the fact that they've, they've had an achievement that Portugal have never won a World Cup match. And... Like this is a, such a huge deal for them, but it was the manner in which they played, the the invention, the skill level, um, and beating Fiji and Fiji, who are everybody's second second favorite team. Fiji have clammed up for the last two weeks. They have almost felt as if the pressure has limited their expression of the game. Whereas for for Portugal, it was the exact opposite. They were going to go out playing the style under which their coach has got them to play. Um, and but their skill level was phenomenal for not particularly big men. Um, they uh, it was that was a joy of a game to watch. Yeah. And you said no, it's not going to go their way, and then it did at the very end. That was the perfect result because in many respects, like Fiji losing, Portugal winning is magic for Portugal. Fiji losing, but losing in that manner still means that they go forward to the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm because hopefully they will cast off the chains and go back to the way that they were, which is the exuberant Fiji that we're used to. Yeah, I mean, the speculation that the the Aussies were actually wondering whether they go through immigration or not to take the plane. (laughs) Yeah, I look, it's um, Australia haven't played well, haven't been good enough. Fiji have lit the tournament on fire. As I said, they've they've stalled a little in the last couple of weeks, but hopefully they get back to where they are. And finally, Keith, um, you know, when you look at the draw and you've got the five best top five teams in the world on one side of the draw, I mean, that's crazy. Uh, look, the, the draw is an abomination. Um, Brian Moore, the former England hooker, has uh, the the title in his uh, the leader in his article today in the Telegraph is World World Cup is a problem if limp and sloppy England can reach the semis. Now I, that's hard. England can only do what they're doing in front of them. But the truth of it is, having five of the top five teams on one side of the draw makes a bit of a mockery of it. And people will say, "Look, you have to beat all the teams." 
Of course you do, but there has to be some bit of equity in it. And the teams that have played really well over the last 12 months should be on on both yeah. sides of the draw, not just in one. Because, you know, it's so unfair that teams who've had a fairly trouble-less passage to a quarterfinal or a, a semifinal are meeting teams that have had a tough time, have shown their, their excellence, their worth, but who were correspondingly more knackered because of the opposition they've met. Well, our side has been far more attritional. Like when you look at the games that, that Ireland have played against South Africa, which was a game of the ages, um, even against Scotland at the, at, at the weekend, that was still an incredibly tough and bru- bruising game uh, for high-quality teams, albeit one who who seemed to run out of ideas, but they still put a very strong physical challenge to the game. Um, and England have fairly... You can't say they've coasted because they've struggled with it. But um, look, it is the nature of it. And now now that it's the pool stages are gone, we won't worry about that anymore and we'll just deal with whatever is in front of us. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much, Keith, for joining us. Uh, Irish rugby legend Keith Wood. Well, in studio with me is Kathleen McNamee to talk about the rest of the weekend sport and the vulnerability of Man City. Yeah, uh, yesterday's game, despite it being one of the supposed should be one of the best games of the season, you know, two teams who are vying for a title, Arsenal getting their first win against Manchester City since 2015. I'm an Arsenal fan and I found it difficult to watch for the well, full 90 well, minutes. Well, I was listening to it on on off put the ball uh, initially and Arsenal were all over the place. They couldn't get their hands on, or their feet on the ball uh, and then it all changed. Yeah, I think the substitutions made a massive difference. I mean, the way seeing Martinelli come back is incredible. Uh, we have really, really missed him. William Saliba, he started the game, but he did an amazing job against Sterling Haaland for most of the game. And uh, it was a real monkey off the back for Arteta, obviously he has that history with Manchester City. Arsenal haven't beaten them since 2015, and that was like Arsene Wenger era. Um, and... Uh, the, like they had the injuries yesterday, you know they were missing Rodri De Bruyne. Those are the sort of players that if City aren't playing with, you need Arsenal to be beating them if they want to win the Premier League or if they want to mount any sort of a challenge. So it's gonna be interesting to see what Guardiola does from here. I mean, two games in a row in the league. It's been a long time since that's yeah. happened. It's interesting that had Arsenal not won, if it was a nil-all draw or if even City had scored, there would have been question marks over. The non-red card uh, in, against Kovacic, against yeah. Kovic, yeah. It was, I, I feel like it was the sort of thing where if it, one of those challenges had happened in the second half or later into the game, maybe he would have got the second yellow. I I do think he should have been sent off and that wasn't coming from a purely, you know, fan standpoint. I think a lot of people would have said that it would have been a double yellow card, but it was choosing not to give him one uh, and he managed to stay on the pitch somehow. Uh, I mean, to get... And they kept him on. I know. Well, to get the yellow card so quickly and then so quickly again to foul someone else, you were just kind of like, what What are you doing? You know, you know, this is a big game. A player getting sent. Uh, Gary Neville said it on comms. He was like, you know, I'm glad for the integrity of the game. No one was sent off, but also that he should have been gone. It was a red card. So. Mm. As I say, because Arsenal won, it uh, no issue. Now, uh, United were on the rack. And then Super Scott, Super Sub McTomney is brought on and scores two. Yeah, I mean, Manchester United this season, it's difficult to know, I imagine, as a fan, how you're supposed to feel about this team because it looked like for a long time in that game that they were going 
to have another terrible result. Um, but instead, Scott McTominay came on. Funny that it's him because I feel like he is underrated a lot of the time by United players, but he always seems to be the guy that pops up when they really, really need it and mm. gets a, a crucial goal. So yeah, a good result for them. A good result for Tottenham too as well. Scraping. I feel like a lot of the top teams scraped by this weekend. Yeah. Like, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal both top of the league at the moment. Spurs fans will be pointing out to me that they are in fact top of the league on goal, goal difference. Yeah. Um, but you know, they scraped by 1-0 against Luton. You have United just getting past Brentford. Admittedly, Arsenal were playing City, so it's a tougher competition. But again, 1-0. So I think it, it adds a bit of interest for this season. Now, everyone expects City to go on and do a bit of a run later on in the season. But for now, we might as well enjoy the fact there is a bit of a title race. Mm. Haaland being quiet. Yeah, well, I think a lot of that was down to Saliba. Like, you see his stats from that game yesterday, and it was absolutely incredible. I also do think he really misses De Bruyne in that team. Um, I think it, we see how much he actually services him when he's not there. Um, but yeah, quiet enough. But with Haaland, he just needs one touch. That's the thing. So Arsenal did very well to keep him away from that one special touch. And we've sorted out in the FAI Cup who the finalists are going to be. Yeah, we do. We had those over the weekend. Um, some really interesting ones. So it's going to say Pats playing against Bose in that one. Bose beat Galway and then Pats beat Cork City yesterday. Um, I think I saw there that Bows have been allocated as the home team. Obviously, it'll be played in the Aviva. But two really interesting games, um, especially the Bows Galway one. I mean, Galway just came back up. They've really snuck past them, I think. Um, and then, yeah, you obviously had the St. Pat's one yesterday, too. Mm. Uh, some worrying news for the Irish women. Yeah, so just ahead of their Nation League campaign, Caitlin Hayes, who only has only played two games for us so far, but uh, she limped off in Celtic's game on Thursday and then didn't play on Sunday. Um, and she was absolutely incredible for the team in those two games. So that's not great news. Courtney Brosnan is still on the bench. Heather Payne did get a full game, which is good. Denise O'Sullivan became um, the most minutes for any player in the North Carolina Courage team in a regular season over the weekend just showing her importance for that so I think she's played over nine and a half thousand minutes which is kind of remarkable Mark Skinner confirming this morning as well that Aoife Mannion is still another 10 weeks away so that's right. unfortunate she will miss that Nations League And Amber Barrett we were talking to Amber on Friday uh, in, because of the Chrysler anniversary uh, she scored for Standard Liège Yeah she is doing absolutely incredible which I'm delighted for she had a really tough time in Germany and she talked a lot about that prior to the World Cup didn't have a great time during the World Cup either, but she that's her third goal, I think, now for Standard Liège. So she is firing on all cylinders, which we like to see from an Irish perspective. And finally, there was the Grand Prix. Yes, uh, Verstappen taking that on the Saturday. But I, I think, weirdly, that's not even the big talking point out of it. It's the heat exhaustion and the heat in general felt by several of the drivers some of them saying that they nearly passed out on certain corners others saying that they got sick in their helmets because of how hot it was Oof. others were passing out afterwards once they got out of their cars some had to withdraw because of dehydration during the race so uh yeah i mean it really needs to be looked at i know they looked at some of the turns and changed them up a little bit but something like the heat you can't really change that for drivers so they're gonna have to look at where they're hosting their f1 grand prix in the future Kathleen McNamee from Off the Ball, thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.